is the blues on the street. Parade's complete, and Gloria is the new queen. You can't forsake the team in last place as they sang the Bruins to sleep. My memory is scummy, was this podcast that I'm in? Man, last season's out again, and Brink Moose is back in. Hey Pierre, what's wrong? What's going on? No team's gonna cut you a deal. Mitch said, hey Austin, you're awesome. Drop your pants and shock them. Now score like your game's freaking near. Unfriggin' believable. Sen's got no stars or snipers, but it's best draft in years. And these fans can't sleep easy, because here comes Lafreniere. Hello there, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 9 of the Rink Moose Hockey Podcast, an episodic podcast where two good parrot friends get together and discuss all things NHL and their implications in the fantasy hockey universe. I'm one of your hosts, Nick Costu, along with my good pal, Kyle Nice. Kyle, how are you doing on this fine Monday evening? Oh man, we're back in the closet, aren't we? We're away from the studio. We're missing our good pal Mike. It just doesn't feel the same. The but Michael regardless, Magic. yes, exactly. But regardless, we'll we'll truck on. We've got some uh, some shotgun topics, as you like to say, uh, mostly trade center stuff, and then uh, a little bit of a uh, content at the end, and uh, probably a shorter episode overall today. We'll, we'll just uh, get through those and then we'll come back next time with some big predictions and that kind of uh, that kind of content. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it goes without saying for the for the fans, this is more of a uh, housekeeping kind of episode because yeah. obviously a, a lot a lot transpires between the deadline and 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 you know the episode we had before that and today. So a lot of this is just going to be some housekeeping going over what exactly happened, placing down our verdicts, who won, who lost, um you know, what were the big moves of the deadline and of course some some surprising little stories that have come up in the league uh, alongside that. Um so yeah, like Kyle said, bit of a shotgun episode here, but we're going to trudge along mm-hmm. and um provide you with our insights. So Without further ado, Kyle, um, are you ready for the trade deadline? The first move of the trade deadline that I have written down here. I think I am. I think I am. Okay. So we are going to start with, I'm going to bring you all the way back. This is about two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. To February 16th, Tampa Mm -hmm. Bay Lightning acquire forward Blake Coleman from the New Jersey Devils in exchange for forward prospect Nolan Foote in a first-round pick in the 2020 or 2021 NHL draft. What did you think of this move? This is like, uh, this is uh, Tampa Bay's first step into kind of, you know, getting their bottom six some grit, I guess, like skillful grit. Uh, it feels like they're, they're looking for this brand of player where it's like this guy can throw the body, but he can still play. Uh, Coleman was the first piece of this. And uh, boy, New Jersey gets a haul. This could probably be the one of the bigger hauls of the whole two-week period of leading up to the trade deadline. 
Um, obviously, the first rounder is is a first rounder. That's great. Even if it's late in the late in the first, you're, it's the 2020 draft. You're going to get a good player. And then you have Nolan Foot. I mean, this guy is a is a legit first round talent. He's about a year removed from his draft year. You just saw him at the World Juniors. He's got a rocket of a shot. Um, and then New Jersey's starting to put together almost like uh, kind of us reassemble that Team Canada. He they got Nolan Foot now. They still have Ty Smith. I think they got one other guy. Oh yeah. Um, ah, what the hell? They got one other guy too. So it's it's really looking good for them, even though they've had a lost season. What a friggin' return for New Jersey here. Crazy. This one definitely raised my eyebrows. You know, I, I think this is the, kind of the first move of that new New Jersey regime with with yeah. the... Uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a great first impression. If you want to make an impression on the fan base, this is certainly it. Um, Nolan Foot, of course, not the Foot brother who you really like. That's... Uh, who's that one? No, Ka- no, Nolan is the one I like. Cal is, he is the, the one, one you like. Yes, Cal wow. is the other guy. Right. So and yeah, I think so Cal I, is the defenseman. So, right. So so Nolan, of course, being the one who just had that run in the World Juniors, mm-hmm. um, and the first round pick. Regardless what year it is, not sure what the conditions are. Uh, Michael would be here to give us those, but we're not going to look up those at the moment. But I oh, mean, the first round pick, Nolan Foot. It's a great package for a guy like Coleman, who, well, let's face it probably isn't a top six forward i mean no he, right now i mean look no further than where he is right now he's he's had two weeks with the lightning he's been buried in the in the bottom six he's only now brought up because of their recent injuries which we'll get into a little later on in the show mm. um so i think just just look at where they're placing him look at the way he's being utilized and tampa is paying a lot for a you know very specific kind of player i get what they're going for you need that grit and grind in the playoffs it's something boston has something tampa bay doesn't necessarily have mm. so they're trying to man up more with the bruins which hey sure i, I get what julian breeze bois is trying to do there but uh you know i mean they, i to me it seems like one team has to overpay if you're tampa you have to overpay right now if this is your window there's enormous pressure to to compete now and uh, so I guess I see it from their eye why they made this move. I just think, you know, Nolan Foot in a first round pick, what else could you have gotten for that? You know, if, if oh, you just sent sure. a feeler, if you sent a feeler throughout the league and just said, Nolan Foot, first round pick, who, who, what are you going to give me? You know, could, could they have got Kreider? I would, right. I'd rather have Kreider. But, but what, was the, what was the asking price on him, right? So who knows? Before the shenanigans, if, if they offered that for Kreider, I would have said, yeah. That, that seems like a fair deal. Um, sure. I'm going to name three names here. Uh, Coleman, Patrick Maroon, and Barkley Goudreau, all acquired this year by the Lightning. They got uh, embarrassed last year by, by the Columbus Blue Jackets, a team with some size. I think that um, that general manager really, 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 like you said, does not want to have that same feeling against a Boston. And they don't want it to be a lack of... Uh, proactivity that they lose so they've addressed that need they can rumble with the big boys or so they think um, and that's got to be the uh, the main driver for this deal for uh, for Tampa Bay and, and it's I'm glad you mentioned the the Goudreau because uh, you know I was going to do the, the I mean it just makes sense to address that right now sure um, I mean Goudreau they gave up a first round pick for him I mean that that was to me was the biggest 
head scratcher of deadline day, the 14th oh. or the 24th, <laughs> just because yeah. I know the player very well, obviously coming from San Jose again, bottom six guy, very good penalty killer. Doesn't really provide much offense at even strength. Um, he, he's a very specialized player. He's got a niche. He's got a, a certain thing he does and he doesn't really do much above that. So, I mean, to me, the first round pick, I'll, albeit it's a late first round pick, but it's still a first round pick in 2020. Um, shocking. And yeah. uh, again, you know, all the pundits out there saying, oh, well, they're doing it for salary cap relief. You know, they're trying to they're trying to free up cap space so they can potentially re-sign, you know, this guy and this guy. And I'm like, well, can't you just do sal- Can't you just get salary cap relief dr- via cheaper way? Does it really take a first round pick? Mm. So to me, again, head scratcher. It almost makes me rethink what what is the value of of a first round pick. I always thought it was high based on these movies we see, and then you just see one thrown out there for a Goudreau. So, man, yeah. what a, what a head scratcher that one was. Two two points on this. Uh, I don't want to go on too much of a tangent, but that other first rounder that they got for Coleman, that's actually Vancouver's first rounder. So, and just based right. on where Vancouver is in the standings, it could be a decent middle round first first rounder so that's pretty good value there um another thing if i were and i'm not if i were a toronto fan honestly the price is high but these are the kinds of moves that i would be wanting my toronto maple leafs team to be making getting guys like this getting character guys little bit of grit it seems like maybe tampa bay has figured that part out where they're going to need guys like this in toronto you know, whether Dubas is, it just flies over his head or he thinks he doesn't need this. I would want this on a team like Toronto where it's all finesse, skill, and all that kind of stuff. So I, I like this for Tampa Bay. They're, they're going for it. They need to. This roster is, is due for a long playoff run. Moving on. Yeah. Vancouver Canucks acquire forward Tyler Toffoli from the LA Kings in exchange for Tim Schaller. The rights to Tyler Madden, a 2020 second round draft pick and 2022 conditional draft pick. Mm. Uh, What a move here, Kyle. What are your thoughts here? Uh, Mixed emotions, really mixed emotions. Like just looking at the return that LA got, first impressions tell me that's, you know, it's a fair trade. You know, Toffoli's a pretty good uh, player. I get why Vancouver would want someone like that, especially with Brock Besser out. I didn't know who this Tyler Madden guy was. I'm not going to lie. But Vancouver fans are pretty upset about this, uh, about this Madden guy going. Apparently, he's a legit prospect. And uh, LA may have actually gotten a a stud here. Uh, And I, I don't know too much about the guy again, but you showed me that list. And apparently, this guy is right up there on the depth chart. Yeah, so just just for reference sake, um it's uh it's not that scum Pronman, but the uh, Scott Wheeler <laughs> on the Athletic. He uh he recently did a uh, you know, everybody who's had a subscription knows that he's been ranking the farm systems for every team. And in Vancouver's farm system, what he does is he essentially tiers the guys. So not only does he rank them, but he puts them into tiers. And in his gold tier, uh he had three Vancouver prospects. Uh, two of which were Madden and Hoglander. Can't the third, you know, evades me right now. Mm. But uh, the fact Madden's there in the same in the same na- in the same vein as as, as Hoglander uh, says something. And sure. the numbers speak, uh, you know, speak to that. The guy has almost twenty goals this year uh, in the NCAA, which is very 
I mean, which is great for a guy at his age. That's a tough league to score in. We even saw, you know, going back to Jack Eichel's numbers. I mean, you're not going to put up OHL numbers in the NCAA. Um, and the reality is this this guy has the pedigree. Uh, he was he just competed with Team US and the World Juniors. Um, more of like a, a, a kind of power forward from what I hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think LA needs that. You know, I, I think they, they, they've drafted some skilled guys. They already have some skilled and guys like Thagamo and, 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 and Kaliev and, and uh, of course, their most recent uh, early round pick, uh, uh, Turcotte. So I think a guy like Madden kind of adds some more grit there. Uh, a guy who can be like a second, third line player, but can also be productive. Mm-hmm. And I think he fills a essential void there. So I think for LA, it's huge. And of course, you got a second round pick in 2020, which is crazy. Solid, uh, I very think solid. The, the, the Kings now, I, I was watching their game over the weekend, over the intermission, they were outlining all their picks in this coming draft. And uh, man, I wish I had the stat with me right now, but it must have been something like, like eight picks in like the first four rounds. Like it, wow. it was nuts. Um, them in Montreal in particular are really going to run this draft as far as like who's stepping to the podium the most. And, um, and of course, you know, they get a conditional pick and, uh, I think it's a great, it's a great haul for, for a guy or Tyler Toffoli who, who, let's be honest, whose stock has only been going down. I mean, yeah. this was a guy who did score 30 goals at one point. He did lead them to, to a Stanley cup, two Stanley cups, but I mean, this guy hasn't really gone up ever since then ever since that year of 30 goals his his game has only gone down and usually what happens when a guy's value goes down is you're not nearly going to get the price tag that you would have got earlier and the fact they got this haul from from an asset that seems to be going down even though his age you know he's he's going in the right direction age-wise seems to be nearing his prime production-wise just wasn't going down there so for LA I think they win the deal I I conclusively say that but again it's one of those situations where you almost got to view it from the the urgency of the team acquiring the bigger name, like Tampa did in those deals. Here, Vancouver, very urgent. They clearly want a playoff run. They, they they clearly see some chemistry that can be you know found with the Foley and Pearson. Of course, two thirds of that '70s line that formed mm. in LA during their Cup runs, along with yeah. Jeff Carter. So, I mean, to me, they they think they can find that magic. They think this is a guy who can help on the power play now that Brock Besser's injured. So it, for them, it's almost out of necessity with, with the Besser injury and, and and them just fighting tooth and nail for one of those playoff spots. I mean, they, they, they've fallen recently. Now they're in a wild card spot, which is oh, crazy yeah. in, that, in that Pacific division. It's, it's just madness. So anything for them to stay in the fight, and, and this must have been the name that stuck out to them. So kudos to Vancouver. I'm, I'm sure the fan base is, is happy that they're still going for it. Um, and uh, kind of a, a deal they needed to make, but I, but I don't know if it warranted giving up a Tyler Madden. Maybe you could have yeah. acquired someone, you know, a little a little cheaper uh, for not as big a price tag. So, yeah, that's kind of my take. Do you think Vancouver's jumping the gun here a little bit too early? Like, like I don't know. Maybe they see an opportunity in the West because the Pacific is such a clusterfuck. But uh, I don't know. Like this team, I couldn't see beating. Colorado, Vegas, St. Louis. There's like there's there's not a path for them yet, and yet they're selling pieces like this. It uh, to me, it's premature, and I think a lot it's, of Vancouver yeah. fans feel the same way. I think if you got together with a Vancouver fan in a bar in BC, bought him a drink, and just chatted, <laughs> you know what the fans think, kind of like how I interviewed those Montreal fans. Mm-hmm. I think if you got their realistic take on on the state of the franchise. 
I think they, they'd say it's a very similar thing to Montreal, where the GM there, a, a guy by the name of Jim Benning, is, is almost fighting for his job. Um, uh, a guy yeah. who is who who by all indications is trying to maybe escalate this rebuild too quickly, yeah, uh, so that he can get some results and that you know ownership there can realize that this is the guy for the job and that that's kind of my feel. I listen to some Vancouver radio and when you got guys like Pierre and, and Ferraro on and and that seems to be the underlying theme that they keep bringing up that this this Benning character almost like Bergevin. Is out to is out to get immediate results. Doesn't want to wait a year or two. Sees how the Cali Californian teams are dropping, uh, mm-hmm. and and really sees how if if you're in that if you're in that Pacific Division, you have an easy road to the mm-hmm. to the conference finals. If if you can just be in one of those top three spots, right? I mean, you, yeah, you, you beat you beat a Calgary or an Edmonton. You you beat a Vegas, and then then you're in the conference finals. Uh, it, it, it's it's really something. And then who knows? Yeah, I. I... I mean, I am excited to see them. I, I'm excited to see these guys: Pedersen, Horvat, Hughes, all those guys. And Defoe has been great, right? Yeah, he's. I mean, so I picked him up in fantasy, and he's been nothing but but awesome. You know, he's shooting a lot. Seems to be the trigger man there naturally, which all makes sense. And he's got that power play spot. I, I he's been a good fit so far. Already moving on. Moving on. Time time is of the essence. This move, an interesting one. Um. A couple of D. I'm, I'm actually going to put this into a little package here. We got two two D moving. Yep. We have um, Marco Scandella uh, moving from Montreal uh, to St. Louis for a 2020 second round pick and a conditional 2021 fourth round. And then we have um, the very same day Brennan Dillon moving from the sh- uh, to the Caps for a 2020 second round pick and a <sighs> conditional 2021 third round pick so the reason i package those looks like very similar returns for probably very similar defensemen as far as skill level goes so so what did you think of those two deals i guess you want to start from the montreal perspective there i'll start with the scandella for for montreal i'm thrilled with what they got with that other second i think that they have now four second round picks or maybe three but i think it's four um and for you know scandella was nothing too too special for Montreal there so to get a second and then some that's awesome for them um and then the Dylan thing I think Washington gets I mean you can probably speak a little bit more to Dylan but I know he's kind of that hard-nosed defenseman and uh just a guy you'd you'd want in the playoffs and I I saw the guy he just kind of uh got really emotional leaving San Jose and and you can tell that he had a he had a heart there and uh, I'm sure he was a really good guy in the room so I'm sure they're getting a decent guy there and again Really good return for San Jose with that second. That that's a that's a valuable pick there. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was kind of surprised just seeing these two deals together. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, to me, I mean, maybe there's bias here, but to me, Brendan Dillon is a top four defenseman, a very capable defenseman, a guy who who is a coach's favorite in San Jose, and. Um, to me, I mean, I see the second round pick and the third round pick, and I'm like, okay, that's a fair price for him. And then I see that Scandella basically goes for the very same price, a second and a fourth. Yeah, it's so crazy. I, I think I think it's more credit for Bergevin, the fact that he got almost the very same return for a guy like Scandella, who I don't really consider in the same tier as a Brennan Dillon, and mm-hmm. yet he managed to make it happen. And then, of course, you add the fact that you look back at what he paid to get Scandella, which was a lot 
less than I think it was course, just a fourth. Right? Just yeah, a fourth exactly. they just got. Just a fourth. So he ba- he basically got a 2020 second round pick, which is huge. That <laughs> it, I mean it doesn't... you're getting you're you're getting an NHL player. Yeah, and it almost doesn't cuz this guy Scandella was like an outlaw in Buffalo. Like yeah. he he barely cracked Buffalo's roster, came to Montreal, had some, you know, some meaningful games. And maybe exactly. this was St. Louis in desperation mode with And they love him now, Star, by the way. Right? They love him in St. Louis. He's fit like a glove, so. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So so they don't regret it. Uh the one little funny take of this deal was when they met when Munch to Pierre, uh like the the magical, you know, the the great move of Berger. Pierre basically interjected, was quick to interject and basically said, <laughs> "Well, a pick's only good if you make something of it." Oh, so I don't consider this. To, you can't give him credit yet. I like that. Pierre is on to like something that, eh? here. I'm going to get to Montreal later. I got some roasting uh-huh. to do. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Pierre. Yeah, no, I, I've been hearing him on the Montreal radio, and they're definitely mm-hmm. onto something there, big time. Okay. Which yeah, I mean, you can't disagree with that. Like, if if you don't do anything with those picks, then it's nothing. And let's yes. be honest. The amateur scouting from the Montreal Canadiens perspective has been far from, you know, oh, laughable. Right? Laughable. Exactly. Exactly. Crap. I mean, you. We don't need. We. That's a long hole. We don't need to go down. But the reality is, he he's right for saying that. I mean, this this management has shown no signs of the fact we should trust them just with these picks. Mm. And so I I think this 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 draft's going to be really telling. Yeah, for um, sure. Moving on. Yep. Um. Another big one, uh, Big D, again, moving. Alec Martinez from the L.A. Kings to the Vegas Golden Knights. They they, they end up spending a 2020 second rounder and a 2021 second rounder. So, again, when you evaluate it in, in this, in this you know, hodgepodge of defenseman moving, again, price tag on this guy a little higher, two seconds instead of the second and the mm-hmm. third or the second and fourth. You know, rightly so. He's got more pedigree. He's won two cups. Um, and, and he plays, it basically was a top four defenseman during that entire era. Um, not sure how much you want to contribute here, Kyle. Uh, not too much. Uh, just again, LA stacking currency. The, these second mm-hmm. rounders are, are pretty valuable. I'm not sure. Do they have two firsts in this coming 2020? Uh, I'm, I'm going to pull it up right here, but, um, I, I would not be surprised if, if, if that were the case. Uh, yeah. If it were another year, another year like last year, where they have an early one and then a late one. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, I will. I, I don't get think on they that. do actually. Um. But yeah, Martinez is. Um. Yeah. To me, he's just a solid, you know, middle pairing guy. I'm sure on Vegas he could. Um. He might play in that bottom bottom pairing, but you know, if, if they had to play him in the middle pairing, then I think he could do that pretty well. And uh, I like this for Vegas, just kind of stacking up maybe where they have a little bit of a deficiency. Because man, I love well, their forwards. Yeah. But... Well, s- since since the move, they've really liked him. He's he's been yeah. actually scoring too. He he's oh. been fantasy relevant. He's getting on the score sheet, and uh, they 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 love the guy. He, again, a guy like Scandella, he's fit like a glove. I'd say he's fitting even better there. Um, so again, uh, a, a good move for Vegas. And again, a, a, a another win now kind of move, right? You you see yeah. you see the, how desperate that fan base is for results. We we talked about it with the coaching change, you know, uh, a few weeks ago, and and this is just them making another move. And you know, uh, you know, with that said, I I think 
I think we we addressed the uh, the goaltender that they added, which yes. was um, what's his face, Robin Leonard, uh, yeah. over from over from the uh, Chicago. Chicago Blackhawks. Um, what I I, I the, I'm I'm trying to find it here that 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 return eludes me. I got it here. Actually, it's uh, Malcolm Subban, a 2020 second right. rounder, and some guy named Demon. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I don't know. Probably some filler just to fill out the rest of that trade there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, quite, quite, quite the, quite the price, I guess, right? Quite the. You know what though? This, I mean, Vegas. When you're a contender, I, how much do second rounders really mean to you? Probably mm-hmm. next to nothing. They swapped out um, an, probably an unreliable Malcolm Subban and they threw in Demon. And they got mm-hmm. a guy who's basically a Vesna nominee last year. Uh, Leonard has proven he can do really, really good things. The only thing I'd worry about with him, he's a bit of an odd duck. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit of that, that weirdo kind of guy. And uh, he might, you know, there's possible chances he could clash with some guys in the room. But, I mean... You know, you can't now say Vegas has a has a shaky goalie tandem at all. Flurry can be one of the best goalies, and and Leonard proves like that. Leonard's a, a golden backup in terms of quality. So now you're looking at Vegas, and you're like, where are their faults? Where are their weaknesses? Right. They actually don't have any that I can see. Their forwards are great. They added Martinez. They added this backup. It, it's a near perfect team in my mind. They're gonna be like they might be. I mean, Colorado might, but, you know, they might be my second choice right behind them. Right, which, of course, I, I made the bold prediction about a month ago that this team was going to go all the way. And, and and you see the eight-game win streak. You see the Pete DeBoer magic that I But predicted. is the money down? The money was never down oh. due, to circ- due to circumstances. I missed oh, the Oh, yes, 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 yes. I doubted the team. I, I, they had a stretch against Tampa, Washington some tough teams and, and I thought they were going to lose those games and I'd get even more value and uh, they ended up winning them and they and they got the streak and at that point I kind of ducked my head and, and, and admitted defeat yeah um, so so it's almost a shitty circumstance now where I'm, I'm cheering against them oh come on I'm sour you I'm can't sour. you can't this is your this is like your, I, this I should it's be my your prediction team. I like I I don't get me wrong I'm sticking with my prediction my January first prediction this team's going but if they if they don't go all the way, I'll be a very happy man. That is just weird, Nick. Like you should. How have... can I, Kyle? How can I live with myself if this team wins the cup? I'll be out. I'll be well, out two thousand dollars. Well, why don't you just put something down right now? You'll still get something. There, no, because they're I I'm like I'm literally making nothing compared to what I could have. Like they're, mm. they're the, the, the odds of just stressed. <laughs> I'm sad. <laughs> If I could have a time machine, I'd hop in that time machine right now and make it all right. But you'd know I they're doubted, gonna win. I now. doubted them. You know what? I don't deserve to get any money because I doubted them. I thought they were gonna lose those games and they won those games. So this is just like when San Jose won and you cried and you're like, I shouldn't have doubted them. I shouldn't right. have. Should have trusted my heart. I went with my mind and I should have trusted my heart. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean. They, 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 with that streak, they've got quite the gap now in that Pacific Division. But the interesting little development is a Mark Stone injury, mm, which, uh, which apparently is, is week to week. Ugh. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying two to four weeks. You know, there's five weeks left in the regular season. They say he's going to be back. Yeah. Um, but man, you got to think at least three weeks. Oh man, 
and and they lost their first game without him, four one to the Kings. So oh, maybe maybe they lose eight in a No, come on. <laughs> Here's the thing about that. Here's what I like about that actually for them. Now now picture this scenario. Playoffs is in five weeks. Mark Stone is likely healthy in two to three. And then they might give him the rest of the season just to chill. Or or perhaps just a little bit more time than he actually needs. This right. gives them an but easy excuse to in, rest in Mark hectic, Stone. In a hectic Pacific division, can you afford uh, to do that? I, I don't think they're going to be, a, to be honest, I, I think they're going to be in a fine spot in the weeks to come. Like, I don't think they're going to be... Saying, hey. Edmonton four points back, two games in hand. Uh, it depends. Yeah, it, Vancouver it depends. six points back, two games in hand. Yeah, it depends it's what goes down. Calgary five points back. So yeah, they they might have to do a little bit of rushing in that case. Yeah, it, it's and, all and, circumstantial. And and Vegas now embarks on a five-game road trip: Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, Minnesota, Colorado. All hungry teams to make the playoffs. Oh my god. So I'm you telling know what? you, man. They might not even make the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. I they won eight in a row. I think they might be in for a for a little bit of a you know oh, cold boy. spell here. We'll see. Yeah, there's a there's a we'll heater see. going on in Edmonton right now, now that we mentioned yeah. three three in the second. Big yeah. money on yeah. the line here. That's gonna be good. Yeah. Um speaking of heaters, much to Kyle's dismay, <sighs> the Toronto Maple Leafs have been on quite the heater. Oh, don't. <laughs> uh, we're not getting into this now, are we? We are. All we're getting into is the fact that the Maple Leafs on trade deadline day were pretty silent. Oh, they didn't. Um, they they only made one. Much to Leaf fans' chagrin, they did not add a big defenseman. I predicted that on the last episode. I was wrong. Michael predicted that. He was wrong. Um, Kyle Dubas continues to surprise us. And the, the sole move for the Leafs, which I have written down here, Dennis Mulgan. From the Florida Panthers for forward Mason Marchment. I'm not going to comment on this. I'm not going to comment. No comment. On this. No Zero. comment. Okay. None. Okay. It does. Hey. I mean, rightfully so. I mean, <laughs> they they add a small, undersized forward. What else is new from Kyle <laughs> Dubas regime? What a stupid and, move, uh, man. Yeah. The guy. The guy's been in and out of the lineup, basically playing 12 minutes a night. Fourth liner. Nothing much to add. Stupid. Next question. And again, and it's so fascinating. It's so fascinating when you see these D moving, right? All these guys we just talked about. Even mm. even some other guys, like lower name guys, which we're gonna get into shortly. You know, Calgary was pretty active and and and, and Toronto didn't get nothing. Zero. It it almost it almost makes you think, did other GMs just like turn off their phone? Did they put it on silent when Dubas called? Because they're all teaming up against do they all just want to throw anchors at the Leafs? I'd like to believe that. I would too. <laughs> I don't think so though. Like I, I think uh I don't know. Who do knows? you think do you think Dubas is well liked in that community? I don't Young know. kid, big shot, probably making among know. the most money. And 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 one more thing, this I gotta get out of the way. The T S N coverage this year, not a fan. They had a they had it with get get this Kyle, they had a camera on Dubas's like private little suite. At the at the Toronto practice facility, they had a camera just zoned in on his suite as he's walking around on the <laughs> no phone way. writing shit down. They, <laughs> they, TSN had a little camera in the bottom. That is sick. Just in his private box. That is an invasion of privacy. Like no, how do you I love post that. that for, how do you do that, that for like thirty straight minutes on national television? I mean, you know, the guy's, when... the guy's picking his nose and everybody can see it. <laughs> 
when you got to fill that eight hours of time you got to think of everything right you got to just th- it was a, it was hey it was an eventful deadline day that's all we we can be thankful of that but i you know i will not uh, downplay tsn i will not say one bad word of course yeah bizarre um anyways anyways you want to do kasha yeah that's what i had the next one so uh i'm gonna let you take the lead on this one you're you seem to be well be, more well versed on this player the bruins acquire andre Casse from mm. the anaheim ducks in exchange for david bacchus axel anderson in a 2020 first round pick again these first round picks moving like nothing i know yeah so Boston gets into the play here. They get into the fold. Uh, for this guy, Andre Kasha, 23 points in 49 games. Not the greatest. I mean, I, and I think he's playing a top six role in Anaheim there. So, I mean, he's obviously going to slot into the bottom six in Boston. But this guy's got a, a nasty history of injuries. He hasn't even come close to passing like 70 games even in his short career. So, um, I mean, this is a guy who's shown flashes of being a good player. But uh, I think Boston pays a relatively handsome price for, for a guy that, honestly, I didn't really picture uh, picture joining them. So it's, it's kind of a weird one for me. I think a big factor to this was getting that Bacchus contract or 75% of it off the books. Um, and then, yeah, so I don't know. I it it probably makes their bottom six a bit better but uh to me it doesn't really move the needle for them yeah i mean i joked around they seem to always have, but to me the d almost seemed complete at this point um and and it seemed like they were this this was like a charlie coil edition from last year we didn't we need another depth forward who who hopefully can catch lightning um, so that we can provide more depth offense when that Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marshawn line may get cold in the playoffs. Mm. That that's kind of what this move looked like to me. We we need as much depth scoring as possible. We we need darts to throw at the dartboard so that we hopefully you know one of those guys Coil or 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 Casse or, or or DeBrusque can heat up and make something happen. Crazy. When, 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 because we, we can't just rely on this top mm-hmm. line. Yeah. And, and this seems like, this seems like the kind of guy who you could put faith in. I mean, he's always in fantasy circles, always been a high volume shooter, you mm-hmm. know, can't really stay healthy. So that's always hampered his potential. Maybe not the best line mates there in Anaheim. So, you know, hopefully, you know, they, they're thinking they can catch lightning in a bottle here with, with a guy who has the potential, but just has, quite frankly, underperformed there in Anaheim, right? Yeah. Um, if we're on Boston right now, I, I want to mention the Nick Ritchie trade. Um, Boston gets Nick Ritchie for Danton Heinen. And this guy, Nick Ritchie, just seems like he's got Boston Bruins tattoos all over his face. He just mm. seems like the Boston Bruins prototypical player, doesn't he? Like he's going to be that uh, sort of Josh Anderson style, but maybe not as much skill. Uh, this is a cool move for them. I, I, I actually, this perked my interest even more. Um, probably slotting in on the third line. Energy, uh, physicality, and, you know, he can actually play. So mm-hmm. you don't, oh my God, you do not want to face this team. 
Not only mm-hmm. are they going to light you up on the scoreboard, but they're going to they're going to knock your lights out in every every regard of, of of the play. And this is probably why Tampa Bay is shaking in their boots and getting all these guys, uh, Barkley, Goudreau, not uh, among them, because Boston and Tampa Bay are good and and physical and and fast. It's like two oh just juggernauts. This is this yeah, is yeah. this is scary. It's just, it's going to be a scary scary time against these teams. I think. You know, I didn't think about those that the Richie trade as well, but I think when you combine those two, I think you have to consider the Bruins one of the the winners of the deadline. Sure. You know, they they always seem to throw their hat into the ring on deadline day. They're never silent, and they they seem to make kind of smart under the radar. They never get the mm-hmm. big fish. You know, they don't they don't seem to always get the big fish, but but they get those under the radar guys, make a couple depth additions, fill out their 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 forwards. Which, let's face it, goaltending and goaltending and defense-wise, they're fine, sure. and and it just makes them more of a complete team on paper. So, I'd probably say I like their additions more than the the Tampa ones, to be honest. Yeah, and they didn't have to pay as much. Like they yeah, were exactly. more suave about it. They were more like, yeah, yeah we'll take this guy. Um, we don't really need him, but we'll take him, kind of thing. Where Tampa Bay yeah. looked a little desperate. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, um, man. I mean, Toronto should just pack it in. You're not getting by either, either one of these guys. Come on. Yeah. What are we doing I mean, this and, for? And Jesus. it's fascinating. I mean, if if you look at the standings, um, I think this week is critical because you have Boston and Tampa Bay. There's some distance between the two now. It's it's now about a seven point difference between first and second, albeit Tampa has a game in hand. Mm. But this week in particular, Boston and Tampa Bay go head to head Tuesday and Saturday. So those are two big four-point games on the table. And I think after this week, I think by Sunday morning, you can wake up and basically know who the Leafs slash Panthers, mm. whoever gets that third spot, is going to play uh, in the first round. Right. I think I can conclusively say that. Like if, That's exciting. If you're a Leaf fan, yeah. Like if you're a Leaf fan, you can buy your flight ticket to Tampa or Boston <laughs> after this week. Yeah, you, you heard you heard it here first. Yeah, p- Unle- purchase yeah, un- those unless tickets. Florida can do something, but Florida's shown no no promise hey, of catching back. You know, they are uh, a monumental disappointment to me. Like, mm-hmm. wh- how do you fold like this? How right. I, I I think we'll get into them a little bit later. It's a great I segue. Gotta... It's it's the next it's the next trade on my topic list. Sure. Yeah. Um, let's, it's, let's roll it's on. Carolina Hurricanes acquire Vinny Trocheck, my cousin <sighs> Vinny. Yeah, the Florida Panthers in exchange for Eric Halla, Lucas Walmark, E2 Leo Staranian, and Kase Prisky. Do you know anything about these two prospects, Kyle? Not a friggin' clue. You know what I wrote in my notes here? Howla, Walmark, and guys. And guys. I didn't even write their names, man. Like, wow. what the hell just happened? What 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 is wrong with Vinny Trocheck? Like, isn't he a great second line center? From last I checked, I know he's having a kind of an off season, but I mean, come on, is that like what's yeah, your plan to replace him? Just a couple of years ago, what's the plan here, boys? Like, what what did they do this for? To just get like trade the best player in the trade and get a bunch of like decent half half decent pieces back. Uh, this this and you know what's funny? Both of those teams in the deal, Carolina, Carolina, Florida, they're both faltering. It, it just this doesn't make any sense. Like what? What? Like come it's, on, yeah. who's their second line center now? Is it one of these schmucks? 
No, hell no. Those guys aren't even those. They're prospects. Those guys are not even playing in the in the league. No, like Howler or uh, Walmart. I don't even know. No, the, uh, I think Hall, they're wingers, not right? a center. Or yeah, I guess yeah, they have him at center, centering <sighs> No Machari and, and Mike Hoffman. But <sighs> that's just sucks. weird, man. Yeah, like, and this Walmart's their third center. I I it's like weird. them a lot less now. Like the, before, they were legit. Like yeah. Barkov, Trocheck as a one-two with with Mixon, Hoffman, and and Huberto and Skill and uh, yeah. a decent goalie. Like uh, now, I I don't I don't have any faith in them. Yeah. Like, it just, it just it, blows it, it for me, me. It makes me think it may have been a personality issue. You know, there may have yeah. been a clash there. I don't know if it was with coaching staff or with Hoffman's wife. Oh. But 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 <laughs> hey, this is a guy. This is a guy who got booted off the first power play. You know, Trocheck was always on there. He was no mm-hmm. longer on the first power play. No longer on the top line. He he was kind of relegated to a to a third line center role. And yeah. uh, and, and 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 I don't know what caused that. You know, what was it? Uh, Quenville kind of stepping in there. The big personality he is, and and the two of them not getting along. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but but. It didn't. It didn't seem like he he should have moved, and it didn't seem like they got a good return for him either. No. Like Flo- Florida left this deadline as a worse team, and and yeah. it's it's very weird to say that when they're fighting tooth and nail for, for that for that playoff spot. It's just odd. It's like they sold out, and and Dubis must be the happiest man in the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just his his main his only competition for this spot. Yeah. Is now basically threw the chips away, shot themselves Folded. in the foot. Yeah, it, it's poor. It, it, and I never knew Trocheck to be a, an abrasive personality at all. So uh, it's it's a possible storyline. The maybe the coach doesn't like him. Sure, but it's weird, man. It's really weird. Or perhaps those underlying injuries that we don't know about that have really, really, really messed with his game. I don't yeah, know. Maybe but the this... medical staff know something we don't, right? Yeah, and then they're just kind of sliding one over to Carolina saying, oh, yeah, it's yeah. slow year, you know, he's fine. But eh, I don't like this. I do not like yeah. this. And and it's fascinating because as, as a Trocheck fan, you only root for the guy. You want to see what he does next in his career. And uh, so far, I mean, pretty quiet there in Carolina. I believe he's scoreless <clears throat> in their first uh, his first three games there. Yeah, I haven't heard anything. And, you know, I dropped dropped him and you dropped him too. And, yeah, he's becoming a little irrelevant. Yeah, very, uh, very odd. Um, Moving on uh, (laughs) to another one that might backfire in the long term. Uh, New York Islanders pay a big price for J.G. Pajot, a a conditional 2020 first-round pick, a 2020 second-round pick, and a conditional 2022 third round pick this one might be the one that got your attention the most on deadline day kyle um you and and gord miller his eyes were bawling when when <laughs> when he read the, when he read this out on on the tsm broadcast what did you think i remember it live i was uh in my kitchen now and i was just i was taken way back i was like wow this is this slapped me right in the face right in the face so from the ottawa perspective this is a fantastic return. Just considering it's the, the the first rounder and the second rounder alone. The third rounder is kind of a weird condition. It's like if the Islanders win the cup, so kind of throw that to the right. side. But yes, yeah. The condition on the first is only top three protected. So yeah, and, that's and, and crazy. looking at 
the Islanders have no chance to get into the top three in the Metro, in my opinion. They're a wild card team who's going to be battling the whole way. So you're looking at a middle middle first rounder. That gives Ottawa three damn first round picks. Three first round picks. Their own San Jose's and now this middle first rounder. Fantastic currency. It's what what a haul. What a haul for Ottawa. Now they liked this guy. JG Pajot is, is a local boy from Ottawa. Really, really, really kind of fan favorite kind of guy. Really gave his all for the team. He's like the Brendan Gallagher of of Ottawa in a way. Um, just always had his heart in the right place. Really good kind of two-way center. Expect him to put up 40 to 50 points, maybe 55 on a good year kind of thing. Um, and it, it's something that uh, I'm sure the Islanders really covet. That two-way game plays the right way. Uh, in Lou's mind, this probably add some stability behind let's let's be honest a barzell who's not very defensively minded and then uh, a little bit you know kind of soft center depth i'd say kind of soft center depth for for the islanders so he 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 gets his piece he gets his reliable guy they signed him and uh, and he's going to be a great fit there i have no doubt about that but uh, i'd say win on both sides of the table um, maybe Lou is being a little bit trigger happy with kind of going for it perhaps, but I mean, he got his guy. So, I mean, I, I kind of like this for both teams. Yeah. The, the interesting, like kind of perspective I heard was, uh, the TSN guys were throwing this around that Lou Lamorello has a history of, of overspending. He's, he seems to be the kind of old man who, who gets kind of grumpy when he really wants something. And and he will pull the trigger. He won't be mm. afraid to pull the trigger. Right. I mean, uh, you you look at what he gave up, what he gave to Zaitsev. He gave him a huge extension, right? Um, Weird. Or or a few other moves he made in, in that Maple Leaf era, um, yeah. that were far from from you know flaws. Um, when he, when he gets restless and he wants to get something done instantaneously, he will do it. And and that kind of looked like this move to me. I mean, it's a huge package for a let's face it, third elite third line center. This is a mm-hmm. third line center on a Stanley Cup team. Yeah, but this team doesn't look like a Stanley Cup contender to me, and they seem to need more dynamic scoring. They need more guys like Eberle and Barzal, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and less checkers. You know, mm-hmm. like you're not going to check your way to a Stanley Cup. Like, uh, not if not if you're scoring like a bottom ten team in the league, which this yeah. team's doing. So. I don't know. I don't know what they're. I don't know what they're doing here. I know it fits their identity. I know, like you know, their coach Billy Trotz is probably licking his chops. You know, thinking oh. about how he's going to integrate him into his defensive scheme. For sure, but, man. Like I don't know. And, and and then you see the extension he signs five years. Uh, sorry, six years at five mil. Um, that's a lot of term. Yeah. Oh that, yeah. That's a that's no, a lot of yeah. term, man. He's this looks there. like another Zaitsev to me. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Now he's twenty seven. This guy's loyal. Like when he's loyal to somebody, this guy's loyal, and and he gave yeah. he gave the a big haul to this JG Pajot. So yeah, um, you know the dollar value. Okay, I get it. Like everyone's values escalating nowadays. Like it seems like everyone's getting a pay increase with the cap. Mm. But but the six year term, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be a part of that. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and and, and you said it best. Uh, I'm sure Trotz gave a big thumbs up and a red face smile when when he heard about this deal. <laughs> Give him over, sure. I've, I'm yeah. down for this guy, and uh, yes, like a super third liner. Um, but he's 27. The deal ends when he's 33. 
Um, not too bad. Not too bad. As long as he keeps producing at the rate he has this year, hey, he's he's had some really good production this year. Uh, and, and he's he's fit in really well on that top power play. The first two games, actually, he played with them. He, he was very productive. I think he had a goal in both games. Uh, haven't checked in since, but uh, so far it feels like a good fit. And, uh, and you know, Eberle's getting hot there too. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what, what happens there. We'll monitor the Pajot progress. But uh, I think he's happy to be there, and I think both both sides are pretty content. But yeah, I, I like what you said about he's like a stubborn old goat that uh, that Lou mm-hmm. Lamorello. He just nope, this is my player, and I'm getting exactly. <laughs> and Dorian, hey, odd. give it to Dorian. Like he just uh, he just bent the the old man over the barrel and, and took what he wanted. <laughs> exactly, he got it's, in early. It was in the early mornings of deadline day, and he got in there and 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 got out quick. You know, yeah. Montreal, yeah. Uh, Ottawa was was you know fairly not too loud that day but that was their big haul and and now of course I mean, so so Kyle if I'm not so when they say top 3 protected is that top 3 in the conference or is that top 3 overall top 3 overall so if if that if the islanders happen to win the lottery with that pick then the the first rounder becomes a 2021 first rounder right um, but the odds of that are but they're are not yeah minuscule. they're not falling that much no, but there's a chip. But there's a chance they don't even make the playoffs. That's correct. That's correct. Which means, which means they get another lottery pick. Which means three lottery picks. Technically, they'd get three lottery picks. But if the Islanders won were to win it, then it would. But move they're not. Over. Like yeah, they're not. You're not going to be. You're not going to win if you're like thirteenth, fourteenth, yeah. or fifteenth, right? Oh, they're That's they're amazing. thinking like if if we get a if we get the Islanders finishing in like that fifteenth overall range. Oh. They are just shitting themselves with with glory. So, so they basically get Tim Stutzel. They get Jamie Drysdale, and they get Connor Zari. Yeah, that that wow. that's a really that's a real possibility. That's great. An even crazier possibility is Lafreniere, Byfield, and Connor Zari. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Nick, I, I, I was going to tell you this later, but this Ottawa Senators team might start to become one of my favorite teams. The new team. It depends. It depends how this draft goes, but uh, boy, have they made some good, good decisions. Good decisions. I like uh, when yeah. a team really rebuilds correctly, and uh, if they hit, then we're we're in business. We're in big yeah. business. And, and unlike Montreal, the, the the track record's been there, right? They seem to do a good job with their scouting, yes. and they seem to get good value. You know, look at that Shane um, Pinto that we saw in the juniors. Yeah, He's having a sure. great year, and you, and you, all because that Dorian, his background is as an amateur scout. The guy was go. an amateur scout before he became a GM, so you know he's got his finger on a lot of those on a lot of those deals. Mm-hmm. I like it a um, lot. Okay, moving forward. This is one of my favorite storylines of, of, of the trade deadline day. Patrick Marlowe oh. gets the approval, gets the thumbs up from the family to leave <laughs> San Jose in hopes of chasing the elusive Lord Stanley Cup for a conditional third-round pick from the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm. Basically, so as a Penguins free. fan, what do you make of this? I love this move. This is fantastic. 
this is like you get you get Patrick Marlowe for free. Slot him in on your bottom six. The guy can still skate, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's just another veteran voice. Uh, he adds a sense of urgency and desperation to a team that, you know, if, if you've won so many times in the last four years, sometimes maybe the feelings get stale. Things don't get stale with this guy. He's looking to get that cup at, a, at an elderly, ripe age. And they're going to be like, this is just one more reason to really, really push this year. Uh, I love what that does for the room. And uh, this is this is a good move. He, he's got some old chemistry with Crosby back in uh, the 2010 Olympics days. They were both on that team. So they're going to get along really well. Uh, absolutely no brainer for Pittsburgh. Awesome, awesome move. Yeah, another reason to to cheer for the Penguins if you're a Penguins fan, um, in hopes that this guy can can hopefully get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it segues into the next kind of interesting little thing that didn't happen, which was Joe Thornton mm. decided to stay in San Jose, and and I thought one of the most comedic parts of that uh, TSN Trade Center was when they were doing their winners and losers. You know, they're all choosing teams. This team won. This team lost. Um, the O-Dog had the gumption of saying that his loser of the day was Joe Thornton. He basically <laughs> just singled out a guy and said he was a loser wow. because he decided to stay in San Jose. So wh- what do you make of those comments? And, uh, I mean, do you do you disrespect this guy, Kyle? I mean, it doesn't seem like something you'd like. Like, you you seem to you, seem you would not like a guy who decides to stay in, in Northern California, retire in the sunset, Instead of going to a cold climate and chasing Lord Stanley's Cup and and you know say say Boston or or somewhere else, what do you what do you make of this? Oh, you're absolutely right on your assessment of what I would like, but <laughs> I was under the impression that Joe Thornton had wanted to give it another try, had wanted to maybe move somewhere. I and think that's he what he a, said. He's, yeah, he, he had said the interview. He was disappointed. But uh, whether that's true or not, like how how hard was he pushing? That's the question. Like, it sounds to me like Marlo was like, yeah, l- l- like, just get me out of here and, and l- let me have one more shot. Um, the the other, uh, like, uh, possibility is that uh, San Jose tried to move Thornton and no one was really interested. Like, like yeah. on a contending team, is Joe Thornton going to actually benefit you on your fourth line? That's what they probably had to ask. And for a lot of the teams, a lot of the best teams in the league, that answer was no, I think. So I think the amount of teams that were interested were very small and perhaps mm-hmm. weren't, uh, it just wasn't a good fit. But no, if if that is the case and if Joe wanted to stay, I would be pretty upset with him. I I, I wouldn't respect that. Mm-hmm. I think that now, like what, what happens to his career now? Does he come back next year? Because San Jose is not doing anything. We know that. I... I want to believe the guy. I really do. Just knowing who he is, like I, I want to believe he really wanted out, and and I want to believe Doug Wilson tried to get him out. I just think, quite frankly, frankly, nobody wanted him. Mm. I, I watch the guy play. I watch his games pretty often in San Jose. You look at the numbers he's putting up. He just doesn't. He doesn't. You saw him in the playoffs last year. I mean, his pace is not where it needs to be. And and no. he seems to always be a liability on the ice. I don't care about his vision. I don't care about his character in the room. I mean, he just seems to just be like a like a, just a big like just to be a big weight on that on on whatever team he's with. And and I don't think a Boston thought they'd be better if they added a Joe Thornton. I mean, do you think they would have been better? 
No, I don't. I mean, yeah, I would have liked to like for the storyline perspective, like I would have liked to for them to take him on and just scratch him a bunch, like only only play him very very rarely, and just have him in the room kind of thing. Because that would have been. Cool. I would like to see the Leafs do that. Oh sure, exactly. But that's a team in particular. I, I don't think he would be able to slot in on that team. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, like you said, this would be again fill that room with this kind of atmosphere where like let's win for this guy one more reason to do this you know and and everyone's kind of now going oh you know what i'd I'd like the leafs to win for that for that reason and this reason yeah exactly like change the narrative for and you'd have to Mm -hmm. pay zero zero anything maybe a conditional seventh we win the Mm -hmm. cup you get a seventh change the narrative get this guy in there um it's a missed opportunity for a lot of teams i think yeah um yeah sad it is sad or what what'll be the next chapter in yeah. uh, in his career is this over is uh or is he yet again gonna sign that you know the typical one-year contract to stay yeah. with them and, and hope they can rebound next year which <sighs> i think all san jose fans including myself know it's i mean we we've basically buried our heads in the sand at this point it's over um Moving on, fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna call this the final trade deadline uh, topic. Um, not sure if you have anything else, but I think this one works well with what me, you, and Michael were tossing around last week. We basically went around the table and said, "Who's gonna Who's gonna you know make more noise, Calgary or Edmonton, in, in this yes. deadline day? Yes, yes. And yes. and 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 who who who's more desperate? And 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 wh- who's gonna finish in, higher in the playoff standings? Who's gonna make it? Who's not gonna make it? And and basically, we have both teams making two pretty significant deals here. I'm going to start from Edmonton, and then I'm going to go Calgary. I'm going to ask who you think had the better day. Uh, Edmonton acquires Andreas Athanaseo and Ryan Kufner from Detroit in exchange for Sam Gagne and two second-round picks, 2020 and 2021, respectively. And then they also... You know, this one a little smaller, but a sprinkle nonetheless. They acquired Tyler Ennis from the Ottawa Senators in exchange for a fifth-round pick in 2021. Uh, more picks for Ottawa, of course. And then Calgary, moving uh, just uh, just south there in Alberta. Uh, they add defenseman Derek Forbert from the LA Kings in exchange for a fourth-round pick in 2021. And they add defenseman Eric Gustafson from the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for a third round pick this one in 2020. So there you have it, Kyle, in case you forgot. And um, who do you think had the better day here? I think Calgary's day is like a deflated pool toy. Whoa. And I think (laughs) like, no, yeah, it just Calgary. Like I didn't even write any of those moves down for them. I'm not going to lie. Like maybe the Gustafson's kind of cool. Maybe. But uh, didn't even write them down. W- wasn't even worth mentioning to me. Um, and then you look at Edmonton, and it's like you know Jose Bautista bat flip and slow pitch. Like this wow. guy, they just knocked it right out of the park. A lot of Detroit fans are pissed that they didn't get a first rounder for Athanasiu. But then you just uh, you just tip your cap because um, what you've created, Edmonton somehow created a first line from the for, from one day. And they gave up Gagne a couple seconds and a fifth rounder. Big freaking deal. Um, you've got uh, Ennis, great energy guy from from uh, from Ottawa. 
The guy throws hits. The guy is like, he's like the Zach Hyman of, of Toronto for this team. Same kind of skill set, hard nose, lots of energy, high, high revving engine. Athanasiu. This guy is probably in the conversation for top 10 fastest players in the league. And you put him beside Connor McDavid. Now, things haven't worked out yet. Yet. Don't get me wrong. When you picked him up, I was dis- I was distraught in fantasy. I was I was very upset. <laughs> I was because uh, I was gonna do it. I got around to it a little later than I wanted to, and then he was gone. But that's a legitimate first line now. The guy is a former thirty goal scorer, and uh, he's still very young. This is just a slam dunk for Edmonton. And now you've got a top six that is like holy shit! What a great top six. The dry side of line is is obviously amazing. The emergence of Yamamoto is is just um, an amazing thing for the team. As soon as Athanasiu and McDavid figure out how to utilize their speed together on that rush, oh my god, this could be this could be one of the best teams in the West. Seriously, this is this is amazing for Edmonton. Calgary can just kind of leave the room whenever they want to. You know what? Oh, like it's interesting slotting with him because, like, I I was I thought he he you know everyone was saying he'd play with McDavid, and now I'm looking at him, and uh, he's like buried on the third line. And, they moved uh, him, and and they're and they're they're winning right now four three in Nashville. He's done nothing. Um, I I I have no patience at this point of the year. Everyone's desperate around this playoff time. Edmonton ends up giving more, which I was wrong. Calgary was the more desperate team, more. They'd be trying to get more, and and they really didn't. Uh, Edmonton ends ends up paying the higher Kings rank, more desperate like primary defensive. They're in LA, so very stay at home, long reach, um, very defensive, defensive kind of um, kind of like Nikita Zadorov. Not going to light up the score sheet, but he's a steady stay at home guy, or like an Ian Cole on Colorado, just to paint a picture for you to better understand. Um, and then. Of course, Erickson, who is from the other end of the rink, he's more of a power play specialist as opposed to a defensive guy, and uh, and he's going to be a play unit. So he's he's kind of buried as he's like a Kevin Shattenkirk on Tampa. He's kind of buried in that third pairing, but he's on the first line uh, on their power play as as their main uh, distributor there. So they kind of add a specialist in one respect, a specialist in another respect, and I kind of like that. Um, although I would have liked to see Al- Calgary add more up front just because I think they're going to need more depth scoring than guys just like Michael Backlund and Sam Bennett. I, I think you're going to need a little more than that in the playoffs, and I think that's what really hurt them against Colorado last year. So um, I don't know. To me, like I can't really pick a winner and a loser here because we still don't know how this stuff is going to be. Well, we don't know how he's going to materialize. He's he's got nothing to show for it so far. We all know as a Leaf fan, we all know who Tyler Ennis is, and uh, I need to see more. And uh, and and honestly, I I'd probably uh, I'd say Calgary won this won this, no. this debate. Yeah, because they didn't give up much. They didn't give up nearly as much as Edmonton did. They got two guys who I actually know and who I actually like. Whereas, okay, I do know Athanasiu. I do know he's a top ten fastest skater in the league. I do see the potential, but man, this guy's got to—he's got to do something. I mean, uh, like I got to—I got to see some results, and 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 you're not going to get results slotted on the third line with Zach Cassie. You know, like put this guy up. This is a top six forward. What are you doing? So who, who's um, so, on the top so, line so right sh- now? 
He's not on the top line. No, who is? Josh Archibald. No. Is on the top line with Connor McDavid with Tyler Ennis. Wow. And and, and Athenius CU's playing with Sheehan and Cassian on the third line. That's pretty disappointing. Yeah. And 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 you see the results coming in from Nashville right now. Wow. Athenius CU's done nothing. So again, I, I, I gotta see the results here. It's too early to tell who won and lost, but to me, like just right now, sitting in this chair, I like what Calgary did more, just because I know those players better. Uh, I know, but how about you frame it like this? When you put Calgary and Edmonton up against the Titans of the West, I mean, do these moves for Calgary really move the needle against those teams? Like like if, if Edmonton catches catches lightning in a bottle with Athanasiu and, and he does something that we all think he might do, doesn't that give them a chance where Calgary just still doesn't have a chance? Yeah, like uh, hopefully like in the playoffs, you know, by then maybe he's pushing and, and they find somewhere to slot him. But I just want to know where they're going to slot him and I want to see who he finds chemistry with. Because yeah. this is a guy who kind of struggled with that in Detroit. We all know the talent. We all know the speed. But he never really found like line mates there in Detroit. He he had, he was basically the whole time he was with... Uh, you know, you you had you had Mantha and you had Larkin and you had Bertuzzi as a line, but Athanasiu was kind of that guy with no friends and, mm. and no line mates, and and he seems like a tough guy to play with given his speed and his mm. pace. So, I don't know. I, I want to see who he ends up playing with. It's 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 very odd. Uh, let's give him some time. Yeah, it's a fascinating move. It's a fascinating oh. deal. I was happy to see it. I just I just hope it. You know, not not only from a fantasy perspective, like the selfish part of me, but just just I'd I'd like to see him make make a career of himself because I see the potential and I and I want to see the kid thrive. I just can't believe Edmonton made these deals and they didn't touch a single top prospect or their first round pick when everyone seems to be spending that kind of currency this uh, mm-hmm. on this deadline. So the 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 amount they paid it it can seem like a lot, but it's really not too bad, really not yeah. all that bad. And and again, just that reference to Nashville, things have erupted there. They they have scored seven goals on Pecorine in Nashville. What? In the third oh period, they're up seven three. Oh my god! Dry side uh, having gone himself a night. David has gone off for four points. Oh my! And yeah, holy shit! The dry side yeah. line is killing it. Like that guy's got to win the heart. Athenasiu, nine minutes played, and he and he's a he's a zero. Oh boy, that's so, a dud. You're gonna have to drop. Yeah, maybe him. maybe the coach doesn't like him. Maybe they're not getting along. Who knows? You're gonna have to drop um, him. I might have to. I may get desperate. Like mm-hmm. I said, I I need I need results this week. It's a big week for me. Yamamoto. Um, yeah. Yes. Moving on. <laughs> um, what did you say? No, I just said Yamamoto. Yamamoto. That yeah. guy's a stud, eh? Holy shit. He's doing hey, good. Can I? Can he's I just got, gotta. He's got, gotta loud, he's got a loud mouth on him too. I have to give myself a pat on the back. In the last few weeks, I've turned my fantasy season around by picking up Yamamoto, Kevin Fiala, Tyler Toffoli. These guys have been studs, stars, and I would probably not be in the playoffs without them. So Congrats. that's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. We'll see how far they take you. <laughs> They'll keep and going. Of course, Don't hey, worry. By next, by next episode, the fans will know how you did. I mean, just for reference sake, we are just on the eve of our fantasy playoffs here, one week away. Yeah. So 
Um, of course, Kyle's long track record of plummeting in the playoffs. We'll see if it continues. Um, but, but I mean, yeah. that that's kind of been the trend of late. I feel like I'm going to catch fire. I just have this feeling. Yeah, you got a feeling. Hey, eh? this, this year's is different. Year. This is the year. Okay. Until you play the other Kyle in the first round again and get oh, mucked. That guy can't <laughs> beat me. The curse I, of the other Kyle. I just want to beat Josh. That's all. Big yeah, mouth Josh. Okay. Moving on. Um, yeah. We are finished with our deadline moves. We are just going to get into some topics here that have come up in the last couple of weeks. Things we just have to talk to. Things that are just pressing on our minds. And mm. I think there's no other better place to start than the fact that two Saturdays ago on a lowly night in the city of Toronto, uh, yeah. a Zamboni driver stuck it to a professional hockey team. Uh I texted Kyle right away when this was all going on. He was not watching live. He caught up the following day. Let's all paint the picture from my perspective. We were we were downtown at a a friend of Will's watching the game there, and uh, we were placing bets. We we Richard and I walked into this to this condo uh, just as Aries had came into the game, so we caught it right at that moment. We saw what happened to Morazic, and. Um, I mean, we, we saw him come in. We saw the Leafs score on their first two shots. Um, and, and, and we started doing bets around the room. It was 4-3 Carolina and going into the third. And we were saying, all right, how many are they going to score? And, and I had him at nine goals. I thought the Leafs were going to put nine by oh. him. And, uh, and it was going to be a 9-4 final. Wow. And, uh, and boy, oh boy, was I wrong. Uh, the Leafs, I mean, Carolina ends up playing a textbook Stanley Cup winning defensive scheme in that third period. Um, I mean, so much to get into this game. I mean, with the fact they scored on the first two shots, the Rod Brindamore reactions on the bench. Oh, yeah. Um, I loved seeing all that, but then you love seeing the guy. I mean, he wasn't tested very much, but, you know, he made a couple nice saves, um, you know, was called upon in a tough scenario. I mean, you can't even imagine being an amateur goalie having to step in and save a Matthew shot. Like, I'd I'd be shivering, man, and 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 he he pulled it off. He looked like a pro, and and he ends up getting the win. And and he's a hero. I mean, he's he's all over news. He's he's on he's on you know the late night shows with with uh, with Stephen Colbert. Like everybody loves the guy now, uh, all because of this one little event. So, um, a great story. It was a super super unique thing that we probably won't see again in a very long time. It's like a once in a decade long thing you see. Um, just really, really something, especially from a goaltender talking here. Just really nice how we got to live out kind of a dream. Um, you know, and he stuck it to the Leafs, which is which was kind of cool. Mm. So, all in all, what what did you make, Kyle? Was was would you you basically speak from the same songbook as me, or or what? The same songbook. This guy became literally a worldwide phenomenon. I, I saw some news articles from other countries saying, "Oh, amateur goalie plays in uh, the NHL," and it was like, "They, there's no way they give a shit about hockey for any parts of the year." But they were all reading that story. Like this guy was uh, just an instant celebrity. Goofy smile on him too. I really like that. He looks like just a just a funny guy to talk to. <laughs> 
Um, and that's that's what me and Dell both liked about him. Just like he's just sitting there with his goofy smile on, and the fact that he he worked for he works for MLC. Obviously, he's a Zamboni driver for the fucking Marley's team. So the storyline is just wacky with Toronto's um, Toronto's playoff push in 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 role right there. Um, hockey night in Canada, literally hockey's biggest stage. Uh, where things are in the standings and and the fact that Toronto's had this this cloud over them and then this guy comes in and and plays a decent game starts making some saves it's crazy this it's like a once in a decade story and uh, it came at such a fun time um, and it's just uh, it's a moment to cherish I think and and it's the good thing is the GM's met about this situation they talked it over and they're like yeah, we don't need to address this right now. Like this is, it's not, it's a non-issue. Um, so it's, it looks like this emergency backup goalie thing is, is going to be the same for, uh, for the foreseeable future, which is nice. So, you know, we saw it in the accountant, right? A couple, a uh, couple of years ago, whatever. And that was such a great story too. Like this is just a fun little thing that sometimes happens. But uh, since then the Leafs have been on a little bit of a, a heater, but uh that's besides the point. Right. And and that's what I want to get into next. So how much do you know? I know I know you're not the biggest, you know, literature guy. I know you don't read a lot of I guess you do read a lot of books. Um, I underestimate you there, but how much do you know about the parable of the Chinese farmer? Uh none. <laughs> Zero. Zilch. <laughs> Lay it on. So me. basically basically media you don't so you want me to explain this to you? Uh, Cole's notes. Okay, so basically, you know, the city erupts into fire. Um, Kyle Dubas, you know, he's getting all this shit thrown right at him. Um, and you know, I mean, what do you expect? It's right after this this hockey night in Canada. All the attention on you. This Zamboni driver comes in, sticks it to you. Then you got to play him in practice the next day. It's the most. <laughs> it's the most. Emba- it's the most embarrassing thing ever, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so Kyle Dubas, he needs to, you know, the, the, the astute guy that he is, he basically needs to find a way to, to kind of twist this, um, and, uh, and, and, and basically make it, uh, you know, in, in, into a positive. And what he does is he goes onto social media and he tweets out this, this two minute long video, uh, the, called the story of the Chinese farmer, the parable. Oh my God. And, um, Basically, uh, you know the 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 main quote. It's 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 a two minute video. It's very nicely put on YouTube. Nice nice picturesque. Nice song. Mm-hmm. But the point is, there's a quote there. It's basically, quote: the whole process of nature is an integrated process of immense complexity, and it's really impossible to tell whether anything that happens in it is good or bad, because you never know what will be the consequence of the misfortune. Or you never know what will be the consequence of good fortune. Mm. So, I mean, it, you know, there's examples in this parable, like uh, basically the Chinese farmer, he's, his son falls off the horse and he breaks his leg. And the neighbors go, oh, well, that's that sucks. I mean, he, he broke his leg. And then, you know, the following week, the army comes and, and, and they're conscripting people and they see the son and they go, hey, we can't conscript the kid because he's got a broken mm. leg. 
Wow. And so basically, you know, that as that quote summarized, you, you there's like, you know, s- several examples thrown out in the poem. But the point is, when something happens, you, you don't really know if it's going to be a negative or a positive. You, you see it. You see it happen face value. You assume it's a negative and it may end up being a positive or you see something as a good thing and then it ends up being a negative. And, and, and to me, it seems Kyle Dubas is kind of just starting to, you know, tell everyone, all right, press the brakes on here. You know, I know this looks bad. But, you know, maybe this is for the better. Maybe this will motivate our team. Maybe this will be a kick in the ass. Mm-hmm. And and sure enough, they go on to win three in a row ever since he tweets out this video. And mm-hmm. it kind of puts everything into perspective. And, and in fact, when they questioned Keith about it, he said, yeah, this was something he used back in the Sioux, the Sioux days, this parable. He even used it right. back then. And so this tactic of Dubis, <clears throat> of, of kind of going into to literature to kind of put everyone into perspective, to kind of have everyone cool their heads down, to, to kind of say, all right, we got a long way to go and, and let's see where this goes. So, I mean, a part of me was like, okay, yeah, it's, it's smart marketing technique. It's, it's very good spin control because you're inevitably saying, okay, like I know everyone's freaking out, but you know, let's put the brakes on here. Let's, let's all have cool heads and just put it in perspective. There's a lot of racetrack left and let's see what happens. And then of course, the other part of me is saying, well, this is just some shitty cop-out answer. It's you basically throwing your hands up in the air and saying, all right, I'm going to make this move. I'm going to trade for this guy. I'm going to sign this guy, but then don't hold me accountable because nature is a complex thing and shit happens that I can't foresee. So so what kind of side of the coin do you fall on here, Kyle? Do you like this? Do you not like this? What, what do you make of the, the parable of the Chinese farmer? Wow. That's deep. That's uh, that's more depth than I thought I'd get into in a hockey podcast. I don't, I don't know what to make of this. I didn't this get English my English literature class now. I didn't get enough rest to respond to this kind of question. <laughs> well, um, it is. It's a good tactic from the general manager because there's only two ways you can go about this. Obviously, after after the shit went down, Toronto media everywhere were had a melt. Everyone melted. This team sucks. Everyone said pretty much everything you can say. There was Steve Dangle podcast was saying to trade Mitch Marner, like all kinds of crazy stuff. Now, what you can either do is is kind of sulk and 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 wear that, or you can kind of use that as uh, as motivation, like the 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 Chinese farmer without even knowing. Now, what is the easiest, easiest, most effective way, one of the most effective ways of motivating a a group? Us against the world mentality. Sheldon Keefe now has a limitless barrage of of uh, of bulletin board material for that dressing room. Throw up a, a, a pin of the newspaper. Leafs lose to Zamboni driver. Throw up the audio clip of of O Dog having a meltdown on them and and yelling about how they don't practice after the game. All he has is a bunch of us against the world mentality motivation. And uh, I'm not surprised the Leafs came back and and started just ripping games up. Like, it's just, it's simple motivation in a long season where you can have ebbs and flows. Uh, and they're on a tear right now because, they let's be honest, they got laughed at by the entire hockey world. They got jabbed at. They got experts called them a bunch of losers and, and sissy babies, including myself. And uh, they're using that as fire. Now, the one thing about fire, Nick, is it has a limited amount of fuel. When you run out of uh, burnable combustibles then you uh you're back to where you started and uh and i think that will come back and they will settle down and 
things will be as the Leafs were before, but right now they're burning that fuel and it's going well for them. Yeah, they, they are, and, and they got the Californian trip. I, I always eagerly anticipate this one week in hockey every year. They get to, I get It's kind of a nice opportunity for me to see where each of the Californian teams stands against you know the Leafs, which are kind of in another class right now. Um, you know, I'll get to see guys on the Kings like Gabe Velarde play. Haven't seen him play in a while. Haven't tuned into many Kings games. Hmm. Um, and and see how the rebuilding Sharks are doing. They're they're kind of on a heater of late. Martin Jones has has really started to pick it up. Interestingly enough, bad. So, um, I mean, the new look, the new look Ducks. They made a few additions. So, I mean, it, it it's going to be interesting. But again, like. I see it was it was great marketing by by Dubas. Again, I I, I kind of it's kind of still like a pussy answer in my mind. Like you, Kyle, let's admit you are kind of throwing your hands up in the air and saying, "Well, don't blame me because nature's a complex process." For sure, yeah. Like it's bullshit. Yeah. Like anybody could use that excuse now. You're right. Um. So whatever. But point is, it worked. Something worked, and and the teams won three in a row. And it, hey, tough opponents. They beat Tampa in Tampa. They beat Florida in Florida. And then you host the Canucks on Hockey Night in Canada and, and beat your West Coast, uh, coast-to-coast rivals. So mm-hmm. um, impressive stuff, and uh, we'll see how far it goes here. The schedule, again, it, it, it's it, you might say it's easy, but, you know, your Pittsburgh Penguins just got, you know, smoked in, in California, and, and, and they were hobbling off their plane when it landed in Pittsburgh yesterday. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. They still got to put the pieces together of those trades. Uh, something's they're just waiting for it to click, I think, but they'll 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 be back in good form. Mm-hmm. Now, I wanted uh, to talk a bit yeah. of Montreal, but I think I'm actually going to save it for the next show cuz I wanted to kind of go off a little bit and we're we're getting tight for time and it kind of it, it'll flow better in the next show, I think. Sure. And hey, I know what we you know, we promised fans we may be doing predictions, but you know, I thought about it. I think, like, I don't see the point. I think it's better if we just stick with our original predictions and, and see how those fare. You know, what's the point in changing things with five weeks to mm. go? Yeah. So maybe what you we'll do is we'll we'll revisit those original ones next. Exactly. Episode, I mean, yeah. they're on the website. They're looking great as ever. <laughs> and yeah. if fans want to go and see how they are, you can go to www.rinkmoosehockey.com. You can check it out there. Um, and, and, and we, we will revisit those to see where we're going. Cause you know, we're both proud of a few predictions we made. Both, both are looking decent right at the moment. And, uh, we'll, we'll have an opportunity to, to revisit those next week. So just to kind of, uh, if, or if you're done for everything for this week, Kyle. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, you know, pitching for next week. We we're going to revisit those standings. We're going to have Kyle bringing up what he wants to talk about with Montreal um, of course, you know, we have the big Ottawa Kingston game. Marco Rossi will be on full display. Michael and I will have our scouting caps on for that game. And we'll have a full scouting breakdown of, of our of our final player in the trilogy here. The the Byfield mm. Perfetti Rossi trilogy, as yeah. I may call it. Right up there with the Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> and uh and, 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 and we'll go from there. So um that's kind of your little you know, pitch for next week and or two weeks from now, and and we hope you all tune in then. And uh, for the time being, yet again, it's been a it's a pleasure to serve you. We we hope you enjoyed our, our coverage of this year's trade deadline. And uh, things are ramping up. Five weeks to go in the regular season. We 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 wish you all luck in your respective fantasy leagues. 
And uh, yeah, until next time, thanks for listening and uh, take it easy.